0: Hello, and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. Today, we continue in our series called The Life You Were Meant to Live. In this series, Pastor Rick looks into the Bible to help you discover the life God planned for you, the life you were meant to live. In just a few moments, we're going to tell you about a life-changing tool that will show you how to re-energize your spiritual life in ways you may have never dreamed possible. To find out more, go to PastorRick.com right now while you listen to today's broadcast. Or just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with the final part of a message called Slowing Down.
1: Now one of the benefits of worship like we're doing here today is it helps get you a bigger perspective on your problems See you can have a problem They just start to overwhelm you and your life becomes smaller and smaller and starts caving in and then you go to worship And you think about how big God is and all of a sudden the problem isn't so big anymore when compared to God Now nothing else in life can give you that kind of perspective like worship does you can't go to a ball game and get perspective on life you can't watch TV and get perspective on your problems. It's only at worship, only as you get in touch with God. And you need private time alone with God, not just church. You need private time alone with God. If you are too busy for God, you're too busy. It's just that you're missing the very purpose for which you were created to get to know God. And so you need to calm down and get alone and be quiet with God. Now, here's an interesting thing. The more time you spend alone with God, the more relaxed you're going to be. The more time you spend alone with God, the more relaxed you're going to be. If you're upset and stressed out right now, I can tell you one thing. You're not spending any time with God alone. It's real simple. I can tell you that without even knowing you. You say, I'm all stressed out. You're not spending any time alone with God. Because the more time you spend alone reading the Bible, letting God talk to you, praying, talking to God, The more your blood pressure goes down, the more you chill out, you relax, and you get in the the zone. What I'm saying is that if you really want to get serious about slowing down your life, slowing down the pace, the frantic pace of life, you've got to schedule time off. You've got to schedule R&R. You've got to have a weekly Sabbath. Why? God wants you to. Did you know that God wants you to rest and enjoy your rest? Look at this next verse. It is useless to rise up early and go to bed late. Anybody like to give a true confession right now on this verse? And it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know that God enjoys giving rest to those he loves? One of the real tragic things about this hurried lifestyle that we live today is it is damaging our children in ways we don't even imagine. Recently in Fast Company magazine, there was an article about the spillover effect, that when parents feel stressed out at work, it hurts their children. And their their parenting suffers and their children suffer. Nowhere is this the disconnection between parents and children more achingly graphic than in one simple question that we posed to kids. The magazine asked kids, if you were granted your wish to change one thing about your mom or your dad and their work, what would that wish be? They asked kids, if you could change one thing about your mom or dad at work, what would that be? Parents were then asked to predict how their children would respond to that question. And most of the parents got it wrong. In fact, only 98% of the parents got it wrong. Nearly 56% of parents assumed that their child's top choice would be to spend more time together. But in fact, only 10% of the kids surveyed said they'd like more time with their mothers, and only 15.5% said the same thing about their fathers. By contrast, listen to this, 34% of kids said that what they wanted most for their parents is to be less stressed and less tired because of their work. I just wish mom wasn't so tired all the time. I just wish dad wasn't so tired all the time. Astonishingly, just 2% of parents guessed that this would be their children's highest priority. I say astonishing because stress and fatigue are familiar experiences. To every working parent, what parents seem to be unaware of, or in denial about, is the effect that their pressured lives is having on their children. Now listen, if you don't slow down your lifestyle by choice, circumstances will force you to eventually. Count on it circumstances will eventually force you to slow down your life through health or some other situation. Today, I want you to hear the story of Michelle. Would you give her a warm welcome?
2: Being a single mother of three children is a constant balancing act. Something or somebody is always getting less than their share of your attention. In the past 10 years, I've discovered that overload is caused by a combination of circumstances I can change and control and things that I can't control. Through my experiences, God has shown me that I can't do it all and that he doesn't expect me to do it all. Instead of rushing around trying to hold everything together, God wanted me to learn contentment, peace and the value of rest and trusting in God's plan for my life. Here's my story. Just days before my daughter Stacy turned seven, she became quite ill with a virus and had to be hospitalized. Her doctor told us not to worry, it was just a, a virus and not to, that she would probably be just fine. But Stacy wasn't fine and a week later we received a diagnosis of leukemia. After several weeks of treatment in Texas we decided to return here to Orange County where Stacy could be treated by a well-renowned physician. So we closed down our business and relocated to California without a job, without a home, and a daughter in critical care. But an even bigger stress was just around the corner. My husband decided that cancer was not his idea of fun. So he left our family and filled his life with drug addiction. And just a few months later, my husband died of a drug-induced heart attack. At his father's funeral, Matthew, my son, who was just five years old, stood up and said, kindergarten is just too young to lose your daddy. So I had to deal with his feelings and emotions, as well as Stacy's feeling that her cancer was the cause of her daddy's death. Overload is not a powerful enough word for how I was feeling at that point in time. Last week, Pastor Rick spoke about how sometimes we run from our past and our pain by constantly busying ourselves with work, and that's exactly what I did. I poured myself into my nonprofit work benefiting children with cancer. I was not only teaching parents how to be educated advocates for their children, but I was also validating my existence. I believed I was fulfilling my purpose in life, but what I was really doing was keeping myself so busy that I didn't have to feel anything. I was literally medicating myself with busyness. Halfway through Stacy's treatment, I was recruited by a national nonprofit organization and given responsibility for coordinating the fundraising efforts of 120 hospitals nationwide. One week, I took my children with me to Vail, Colorado, where I was developing a fundraiser with President Ford in the ski industry. We had been in Vail for about four days when my seven-year-old, Matthew, got up and had a severe bloody nose. Then, as we sat down to breakfast, he passed out, hitting the wall with his head. Immediately we rushed him to Vail Hospital. I asked the doctor to run a complete blood count on him, and we discovered he needed a blood transfusion immediately. Within an hour, Matthew was in an ambulance on his way to Denver Children's Hospital. In Denver that evening, I learned that my second child had leukemia. At that point, my image of myself as the immovable and unshakable rock of Gibraltar was crushed. Suffering not only rocked my boat, it literally capsized me. I remember being so numb that I couldn't even pray. I just cried out to God. I would listen to praise music at night to comfort me while I lay on a cot next to my son's bed, unable to sleep from the children's crying throughout the night. At this point, I knew I couldn't rise above my circumstances on my own power anymore. I needed God's power and comfort in my life. I couldn't just push through this pain. I needed someone much bigger than me on my side, and in that moment, I turned to my Heavenly Father and was given heartfelt assurance that there is an order to reality that far transcends my problems, and that somehow everything was going to be okay. But comfort alone doesn't change lifelong patterns and choices, and after Matt was finally stabilized, I began thinking again that I could handle more and do it all. After all, I was the family provider at this point. So I began my travels throughout the United States again, and I was determined to be Superwoman in spite of over 100 hospitalizations between Stacy and Matthew. Then one day while at lunch with a publisher in New York, I received a page. Matt had suddenly become very sick and was in intensive care. I caught a plane back home and arrived at his hospital bed shortly after midnight. Matt was lying there with every conceivable medical device wired to his small body. He turned to me and said, Mom, thanks for coming. That was the turning point for me. Well, God knows that I'm a prideful and a slow learner, but that night, looking at my son in the hospital bed, I promised him that I would never leave him again. All of a sudden, the values that mattered most became crystal clear in my mind, and I was determined to slow down the pace of my life. With each crisis, I was learning the importance of setting work boundaries. God helped me to see that I was going to have to learn to say no to some opportunities, no matter how important they seemed to me. The next day, I gave my notice to my work, not knowing how I was going to provide for my kids, let alone pay for insurance and medical costs. But God, in his perfect timing, had a good plan for my life, The foundation decided to keep me on for two more years as a consultant, and allowed me to work home so I could be with my children. It has taken me ten years of struggling through one personal crisis after another to learn that I just can't do it all. Believe me, I've tried. I've even coached a baseball team, managed a hockey team. I was trying to plug all the holes in not only my life, but in my children's lives. I've since learned that there's no way you can be balanced and try to do everything at the same time. Slowing down requires setting priorities and you have to make some tough choices. What I've found though is that these choices to slow down must be remade over and over. It's not a once and final decision that you make one time and it lasts the rest of your life. If you tend to be a workaholic like I am, you struggle with a temptation for the rest of your life and it's so easy to slip back in that self-sufficiency mode. As both of my kids completed their leukemia treatments and began enjoying their lives as teenagers, I decided to start a company. I felt that God had shaped me to create cause-related marketing programs to raise much-needed funds for nonprofits. Everything seemed to fall into place. The kids were well and doing great in school, a business partner with unlimited funds just seemed to fall from the sky, and we were off and running. Once again, I was the corporate executive mommy flying around the country. I could see how God was really using me, especially my painful personal life experiences, to make a significant difference in this world. It was a good cause, but I still wasn't balanced. I quickly got caught up in that vicious, do-it-all-again-at-any-cost cycle, and I was flying 100,000 miles a year, making sure I made it back for my daughter's concert or my son's game. But things spiraled out of hand, and as the demands of my job quickly became the entire focus of my life. I found myself working from 7 to 7, usually 6 days a week. My time with God, with my kids, with my family and friends, and personal recharging all got placed on the back burner. I knew better, I knew better, but I was ignoring God's sign to slow down. It was a whirlwind tour and I was exhausted. I tried to feed myself spiritually, but I continued to neglect my fragile health. Shortly after the first of last year, I became sick with the flu that I just couldn't get over. But I still kept going, because after all, everyone was counting on me to get this company up and launched. I felt that if I could just keep pushing ahead, I could make it just a little bit further, because I had beaten the odds before. I just needed to keep on pushing. But this time it was different. I was out of time. My family was out of time, and I couldn't go any longer. In June, I was diagnosed with lupus and it quickly spread to the lining of my lungs, my heart, and my brain. I was given a choice. Either I resigned from the work that I loved so much and slow down the pace of my lifestyle or suffer an unnecessary early death. Well, that wasn't a tough decision, but the days that followed were very tough. While I had disability insurance, it was still months before they were willing to pay. I now had a daughter leaving for college and mounting doctor bills. I was reduced down to relying on people's mercy and truly living day to day. I had reached out to small groups and to the Benevolence Committee here at our church. Looking back now, I can see how God was teaching me a lesson in faith. He wanted me to trust him. As Pastor Rick says, you don't know God is all you need until God is all you've got. My lupus finally forced me to slow down, stop striving so hard, and be still. But it was tough for me to be still. I began to learn the meaning and value of real rest. If you have lupus, rest is not an option, it's a lifesaver. And an amazing thing happened. When I started living at the pace God intended for me, my joy that I longed for returned. I developed a plan for doing little constructive things that gave me quick results. Even little things like planting a garden, Taking cooking classes, (laughs) that was last week, (laughs) brought me a great sense of joy. I also started keeping a daily promise journal and another journal of blessings. And for the first time in my life, the very first time in my life, I was able to just be quiet. Although as a single parent, I'm not exactly where I want to be, I've learned to be content where I am. There is not a day that goes by that I don't thank Jesus for the opportunity to be just a mommy. See, God knew my heart and my needs far better than I did. In closing, I want to mention three other lessons that have been important for me to learn about the pace of life. First, although God sometimes shuts the door, in His time, He will open it again. Often these doors are not opened as quickly as I would like, but some of the greatest lessons I've learned have been behind the stillness of closed doors. Second, I've learned that pride can drive you to overwork. So God steps in and humbles us with suffering. But you know what? He always takes me back to the cross where this miraculous exchange takes place, my pride for his strength. In my weakness, he is strong. Then he blesses it and me, and my burden becomes light again. Third, I'm learning that God has his own timetable, and it is useless to rush him. Since I have never liked to wait for anything or anybody, (laughs) my timing is often different from God's. Looking back, it seems like so much of my stress was because I was always jumping ahead of God. I'm learning that God doesn't labor under the constraints of my self-determined schedules. He's not bound by my time, and I need to just trust him. In closing, your life is probably not overloaded with the exact same type of stresses I've had to deal with, but the solution is still the same. Trust God to know what is best for your life, and then do whatever he says. You'll find relief, joy, peace, and rest, and balance no matter what your circumstances are. Thank you, and God bless.
1: Now, Michelle mentioned the fourth key to slowing the pace of your life. The W in slow stands for wait for God's timing. Wait for God's timing. If discontent is one of the causes of hurry, then impatience is the twin sister. The reason we get in a hurry is we're impatient. And impatience is basically a lack of trust in God. The reason we get impatient is we really don't believe God has our best interests at heart. The reason we get impatient is we don't really think God knows what's best for us. We think we know better about our lives. We, what, we think we know what will make us happy, not God. And so we get in a hurry and we strive and we struggle and we sweat for things that God intended to give you in the first place. But you got in a hurry. You got in a hurry. You got impatient because you didn't trust God. God. You need to wait on God's timing. One of the questions you need to ask yourself is Is faster always better? Is faster always better? The answer is absolutely not. No, it is not always better. Do you remember that old ad? We will serve no wine before its time. Remember that? I mean, who wants a wine made quickly? Hey, buy our one-minute Chardonnay. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Some things need time to mellow. And you're not going to mellow if you don't slow down. You're not going to mature if you don't slow down. You need to wait on God's timing. Now, the Bible is very clear that God has a plan, a unique plan for your life. We talk about that a lot here at Saddleback. God also has a unique timetable for fulfilling that plan in your life. Now the rub is, he never tells us his timetable. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I say, hey, come on, God, show me what you're going to do in my life. Tell me now. And God, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do, and I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to do it. He doesn't tell us. Notice what the Bible says, Ecclesiastes 3.11. God does everything just right and on time. Circle those two things, just right and on time. But, and here's the rub, people can never completely understand what he's doing. (laughs) Well, that gets a little frustrating. Why won't God tell us his plan in advance? Why doesn't God give us his timetable for our lives? Because he wants you to trust him. That's why. You, want you to go, God, I don't know what you're going to do, and I don't even know when you're going to do it, but I trust you with my life. If you knew it all in advance, there's no faith involved, there's no trust involved. Oh, okay, now I know he's going to answer that prayer in four weeks, so I don't have to sweat the first three and a half weeks. I know it. No, he wants you to trust him. One time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Hey, Lord, when are you coming back? He said, It's none of your business. He said, It's in the Father's timing. Timing is the Father's business. Any minute spent trying to figure out when Jesus Christ is going to come back is a minute wasted. Jesus said, it's not for you to know the times of season, so put away your charts and maps and just figure out he'll come back when he's good and ready. Trust God's timing. Now, if you're serious about slowing the pace of your life, you need to trust that God has a plan for your life, and part of it involves getting to know him personally through Christ, and then that he's going to fulfill it in his timetable, in his way. What do you do in the meantime with all those dreams and plans, those goals? You just trust and you hold on to the promise of Habakkuk 2, verse 3. Notice this verse. God says, these things I plan, talking about for your life, these things I plan won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Would you circle the phrase, wait patiently? If you're going to slow the pace of your life, you've got to learn to wait on God's timing. Have you ever seen a pace car at a race? It's setting the pace. You need a pace car for your life. And the greatest pace setter of life is Jesus Christ. You need to just trust him to set the pace in your life. Let me read you a little prayer called, Slow Me Down, Lord. Slow me down, Lord. Ease the pounding of my heart by the quieting of my mind. Steady my harried pace with a vision of the eternal reach of time give me amidst the commute confusion of the, my days the calmness of the everlasting hills break the tension of my nerves with the soothing music of the singing streams that live in my memory help me to know the restoring power of sleep teach me the art of taking minute vacations of slowing down to look at a flower to pat a stray dog, to chat with an old friend or make a new one, to watch a spider build a web, to smile at a child, or to read a few lines from a good book. Remind me each day that the race is not always to the swift, and that there is more to life than increasing its speed. Let me look upward to the branches of the towering oak And know that it grew great and strong because it grew slowly and well. Slow me down, Lord. Are you tired of living an overloaded life? An out of balance, frantic, hectic, moving from one thing to the next with no relief and release? I want to invite you on a journey to join us for the next seven weeks in this series. You might call this series large group recovery we all need it and we need to support each other and I want to challenge you to do two things today as we get started number one in a minute take out one of those welcome cards and make a public commitment right on the back and I'll read it say I'll be back just like Schwarzenegger I'll be back I'll be there for the next seven weeks. Why should you do that? There's something real about making a covenant, about making a commitment. You'll know, say, you know, I need to do it. It's a little bit of accountability. Say, I'll be there for this series because I want balance, I want health in my life. And I want to challenge you to do that. Number two, take the first step today by saying, okay, God, I want to give it all to you. Jesus Christ. Here's the good, the bad, and the ugly of my life. Take all the pieces of my life, my schedule, my ambitions, my dream, my accounts, my hopes, my goals, my faults, my failures, and take it all. Here's the whole bunch. And help me make some sense of it. And make Psalm 5110 your prayer for this week. I love it out of the message paraphrase. It's there on the bottom of your outline. God, make a fresh start in me Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. I like that. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I know that there are a lot of tired, overloaded people here today. We're not living with margin, we're stretched beyond capacity. Everything in our culture says, go for more, go for better, go for faster. But we instinctively know where that kind of insane lifestyle leads. So today, as a group of people supporting each other in this church family, we want to make a counterculture decision. We want to enjoy the life you've given to us, not just endure it. We want to bring sanity and simplicity back into our schedules. We want to live balanced, healthy lives. We want to have time for the relationships that matter most with you, with those we love, and with each other in our church family. Now you pray. Why don't you pray this in your mind? God will hear you. You don't have to say it aloud. Say, Jesus Christ, you know I need this series. Thank you for bringing me here today. I'm tired of living with unnecessary stress. Thank you for this church where you can speak to me. And today I want to take the first step. Jesus Christ take all the pieces of my life and in the weeks ahead help me sort it all out. I need a manager of my life. I need a savior. And only you can make the changes that I want in me, God. So I commit it all to you, and I commit to being a part of this series. Please help me to become more balanced. I want to learn to trust you. In your name I pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. If you just prayed to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, congratulations. You're now my brother or sister in the Lord, and you need to tell somebody. And why don't you tell me? Write to me, rick at pastorrick.com. Just email me, rick at pastorrick.com, and tell me your story. I would love to read it. And by the way, I'll send you some free material to help you start in
0: your new journey with the
1: Lord. God bless
0: you. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you've missed any part of this message or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit pastorrick.com where you can listen online anytime. That's pastorrick with 2 Rs in the middle.com. And be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, If you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're going to feel run down and tired. You've got to do more than just take care of your body. You've got to energize your spirit. And the best way to do this is with God's Word. Here's Rick to tell you about a very special Bible study resource that will help you engage with God's Word and re-energize your life, so you can live the life God meant for you to live. It doesn't
1: matter how much you work out, or how healthy you eat. If you're not feeding and exercising your spirit, you're gonna feel run down and tired. You're gonna run out of gas. Maybe you've been feeling that way lately. Often it's not what you eat, it's what's eating you. And the truth is, you've gotta do more than just take care of your body. You've gotta energize your spirit. Now the best way to do that is to get into God's word. It's the soul food, it's the spiritual food for your soul. And that's why I put together a new interactive guide called "Reenergize Your Life. This resource will help you learn everything you need to know to re-energize your life the way God intended. And so what it does is just step by step, you begin a journey of personal renewal. And it's a hands-on guide, very practical, to take you at your own pace. You don't have to rush this, okay? This is not a book or a journal that you go through fast. In fact, I encourage you to stop and spend time in each section where you need the most encouragement. You'll not only benefit from the biblical wisdom that's included, but you're gonna learn how to apply it to your life in practical ways. Now, let me just mention a couple of things that you're gonna discover in re-energizing your life. You're gonna learn the steps to how to let Jesus lighten your load. Does that sound good? You need your load lightened. Well, we talk about it in re energizing your life. You're going to learn the three biblical steps for managing stress the way Jesus did. You're going to learn five ways to build margin into your life. Very important principle. And even the principle of the Sabbath is a margin principle you're going to learn how to determine what matters most. A lot of the confusion and fatigue comes in your life is because we give major attention to minor things. Not everything in your life matters. Not everything has to get done. We can help you learn to clarify what the difference between what's urgent and what's important. There's a whole lot more that I don't have time to get into, but the pages of Reenergize Your Life journal are packed, With full color devotionals and Bible verses and teaching that's going to dramatically impact your spiritual life, not just today, but forever.
0: So don't miss out. I hope you'll get this resource that we want to provide to you through Daily Hope. We'll send you re energize your life today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the hope of Jesus to people everywhere. Go to PastorRick.com right now to get this great resource. That's PastorRick.com. Or you can text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.